Hi, my name is Mary Spender and welcome to Series 2, Episode 6 of Tuesday Talks. This series will consist of 10 interviews in total with some of my favourite musicians. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this podcast, wherever you may be. Remember, you can catch the full video interview on my YouTube channel too. This week, I chat to Rachel K. Collier, an incredible electronic music producer and performer from Wales. She put out her debut album towards the end of last year and uploads videos on her YouTube channel, which you should definitely check out. She explores her creative process and shares her experiences as a live performer. Also, for anyone looking at getting into Ableton, check out her tutorials. She's a total pro. This whole series is brought to you by DistroKid, my favourite music distribution service, which gets your music into online stores and streaming platforms, and they've been a huge supporter of this channel and podcast. There is a link in the show notes for you to get 7% off your first year, so let's get into the show. Tuesday. 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 Can you share your musical timeline with me in terms of like how you started out, what you did at school, um, your favorite music teachers, all that sort of stuff and like your whole like music history? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I guess I like to think I kind of started um, just singing, you know, singing in choir in school and I found it fun. Um, but then there was a time, I think, uh, in my, my dad's house and I yeah it was super young and I kind of got a developed a little fascination for his cassette player right where I you know worked out somehow that if I press record now it's going to record me and I can sing and then I can take the tape out put it into another um put change the tape over and then I sort of learned oh wow I can like make layers of singing here which is cool and then alongside that at the same time I had like um this really rubbish Yamaha DJX keyboard and and this is kind of like how I definitely first started getting into music along with the tapes I used to play like one note Mary Babe and then I'd like with you know my other hand and two fingers literally like like an idiot would realize ooh that e flat and the g at the time i didn't know what the notes were called but i realized oh man they they sound nice together and then so i spent like years of just playing around on this keyboard and then i realized this cable that you know was lying around which eventually would be an aux cable that fitted in that hole I could record my keyboard onto the tape and then I could and then we had these like little beats in the in the in the in the Yamaha DJX keyboard right and you'd so my friends used to come around and I'd play with my two fingers press my beat on the keyboard and sing them a song and they all used to sit on my bed in the attic bedroom and just be like like go on rage sing us another song and I like so I used to, so like maybe from when I was like 10 years old, I just started writing loads of these like rubbish songs with terrible lyrics. And if you listen back to, I mean, some of those tapes got destroyed now, but like listening back, I know it's a shame, but um, actually it's not a shame. It's good that they're never going to surface ever again. But you listen back to these vocals and I don't know what my friends were thinking of it because they were awful, right? But I do think that the years of recording myself and um, probably helped to train my ear. You know, it probably helped for me to go, oh, well, that doesn't actually sound that nice. Or, you know, 
<laughs> and um, so the years went by and I just spent my whole teenage years basically in my attic bedroom, uh, discovering more chords on the keyboard, not knowing what any of the notes were, but knew in what sounded good. Um, but I knew there was more to it, you know, I just thought, hang on a minute, like, and Swansea's like a really sort of you know, it's a seaside chill out town. It's sort of a bit dated in that respect. Like my school didn't have any computers. Um, you know, when I had to do my, my music compositions, I used to have to go to my male teacher's house after school and be there till like 10 o'clock. And my dad would be like, what the hell are you doing? You know? Um, so I knew there was, I knew there was more to it, like than just this kind of whatever, um, tapes and like plugging in cables. And that's when I decided, oh, look, I think I would really like to carry on doing music because it's really fun. Um, I'm going to go to music college. So I then decided and I looked at loads of courses and I liked singing, but I, you know, I wasn't really, I wouldn't call myself like a singer. I felt like I was more like a creative singer and, you know, and then, and it was hard because I wasn't really a pianist either. I wasn't really a singer. And it was like, how, which route do I go down? And I looked at composition things and I was like, well, this isn't really me either. I can't even read music. Um, I was trying to learn, but, you know, I was probably about 16 when I first started to try and read music. I'm still absolutely terrible at it. But then I found this course, a music tech course, um, which was like a creative music technology uh, in, it was in Cardiff. So I went there basically and studied, yeah, creative music tech, which was probably, um, um, well, it was amazing actually. I got there and then straight away it was like, oh, computers, Apple. And they all like took, took the mick of me and basically said like, you're the only person ever who sent a tape. And I was like, well, what was I meant to do? I didn't have anything else. But yeah, I learned really quickly, obviously got on the computers and I was like, oh yeah, no, this, this makes sense. And then, so yeah, I spent in college then, I learned loads of stuff then, like obviously MIDI recording, um, you know, but we didn't really do much producing. It was kind of weird. I went there to like make tracks and, you know, make beats and stuff. But the first year, all we did was experiment. It was like, make a song with no pitch or rhythm or time signature or melody. And it was a bit like, <laughs> yeah. And I, I was Been like, there, done that, yeah, yeah. I was like, what the hell, man? Uh, this is not the right course. Um, but now, obviously, years later, I'm like, oh, hang on. Now I kind of, in hindsight, see where all these like little inspirations and like opening your mind to like a sonic world could really feed maybe into myself now as a music producer. And um, so, yeah, I had some fun anyway at college. And uh, yeah, you know, we it was quite a wide, you know, we learned loads of stuff, different microphones, recording, loads of different doors, you know, did Pro Tools, Logic, Ableton, Digital Performer. We did them all really. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I really, you know, kind of learned a lot more about myself. And, um, and then when I left college, I spent a bit of time, you know, I thought, oh, right. I would, cause I like sort of dance music. Right. So I, um, I thought, oh yeah, I want to write the songs over dance beats and that. And I kind of fortunately fell in to, I just from going to a party, actually, I went to a party and ended up at an after party and I ended up meeting, um, a guy called Ben Jackson who actually, ended up becoming my first manager and everything happened so fast I I told him he, he was like what do you do love and I was like oh I'm a songwriter you know and I I didn't really say at that time I was a producer because I didn't really feel like that I'd studied music tech but I wouldn't have said I've said like oh yeah not like now you know where I'm like no I am a music producer now um 
but he you know everything happened really fast I started working with this guy and he had another partner as well um um who had a lot of experience in the industry and before I knew it I was flipping out in LA um Atlantic Studios you know top line in writing stuff for David Guetta and you know it was nuts actually and I was super young and really actually not quite ready for that I mean you know um, I clearly didn't get a cut with David Guetta otherwise I'd be the most minted person in the world but um but it was you know we did have I did have some success um which was great like some chart success and stuff and uh, you know one song I wrote and top lined was uh, on a Grammy nominated record so that was all really cool but there was this kind of weird feeling in me that I was only given maybe like five percent of who I really am so and that's when I was like I don't care if I suck I don't want to work with you anymore I really want to like produce my own music and um and that's when I kind of dived into Ableton Live and um just kind of took this path maybe was it like five years ago now and just kind of went for it and you know and 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 it's been it's been a bit bittersweet because obviously my first tastes of the industry were uh, you know, Radio 1 A-list, things like that, you know, without even having to try. And and probably, like, now, obviously being a independent releasing artist and, like, it's kind of... I maybe expected too much, you know? But... So it was a bit of, like, eating a bit of humble pie. Like, it's actually not really that easy to do that. And um, so you almost have to, like, re- go back a few steps. But you know what? I used to do these shows when I was doing in that kind of world and they would pay you so much money to rock up to a nightclub and sing a song. Um, You know, so much money, more than I ever get paid for my shows now. But I I wouldn't trade it, you know. I wouldn't trade anything to to go back to that place and not be the music producer and performer that I've kind of strived to become, you know. So, um, yeah, so kind of that's the history, I guess. (laughs) There's so much there in terms of like, firstly, the limitations with the cassette player and like how that crafts you into someone who's imaginative and can use few tools, but but still like just make something out of it and make something incredible. And then, yeah, the whole the whole lesson with the with the music industry. Um, I think it's it's just it's quite it's it's the big illusion, isn't it? Around the the all that sort of stuff and it it does come easy to some people and they they kind of expect it to always be there um when actually it's it's you know it's impossible but it's all down to contacts so i think the whole network thing is is also a good lesson in terms of like it's who you know not what you know sadly but that is the case oh that's that's 100 percent the case like you know you've got to think how many cold calls all these people in the higher A&Rs and things in the industry get you know then unless you like send in obviously you hear these stories don't you of like artists send in like presents and things to that they want them to listen to their music it really is I mean unless you can wow them over like this or just know someone who knows someone then it is uh yeah it's a mad world um and I think, like you said, it's an illusion, you know, uh, unless you've been in it a little bit. Um, I think the kind of illusion of, oh, I want to be, uh, oh, I know I want to be a pop star or like an influencer and da, da, da. And then the reality is, well, you have to work your ass off. So, you know, and I and to be able to do it well, um, you have to be able to you have to be doing the thing that 
you are obsessed with. So if, if like you, it's the wrong avenue, you actually end up not working your ass off because it just doesn't feel right. And then and going back to the, um, you know, the people being wooed by musicians all around the world and being cold called and, you know, all the industry people that, God, how many emails they must get, like, I can't imagine. But they, they only have so much time and they only have so many resources. Um, and I bet they have families and, you know, they've got their own goals. So to take on someone else's project that they haven't even met yet, um, I just every time someone was just like, oh, you're just you're you're one person away from making it. I'm like, I I don't know what that means. I, I just don't think that's the case anymore. Like, I know that happens to some people, but I'd much rather just build this all slowly from from the ground up in the right way for me to be able to continue to do it for the next 50 years um sustain, but, to sustain it yeah yeah but that took me a long time to learn that like it took me till I was 27 really to figure that out <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's like it is it's, like, it's something you just have to learn by doing it isn't it you know and um I was gonna say as well like add into your point of like build stuff up slowly I think the the pressure on some of my friends who you know have exploded to like number one and stuff some of my artist friends uh in London and they the pressure on them is they just constantly can only write number one hits and I just can't imagine like how that must be quite hard oh it, it, well, it's impossible it's totally totally impossible it's so hard and also then you know the fans like if you get the fans quickly, it's like, look at all the X Factor stuff. And, you know, you get these fans all of a sudden overnight, but they disappear overnight as well. So if we, you know, well, we can say this to ourselves anyway, if we build up our fans nice and slowly and kind of have respect and things like that, you know, it's like a two-way thing then, isn't it? And they're just not going to disappear when you don't post a video in like a few months. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's actually the biggest problem with going viral um if you have a successful video uh you have this huge spike and it's really exciting and it's great and you feel validated perfect by numbers which is just hideous um you feel validated you get an influx of people you also get an influx of you know you get an influx of people who love what you do influx of people who don't know who the hell you are and hate everything you do um and and then it drops back down and then you reach a lull so like yeah, of course, your video is not going to be um, viral every week. It just, it literally doesn't happen for everyone. Obviously, there are some people who are way more consistent with their numbers than others because of their huge subscriberships and which they've built over years and years and years. So I just think, I think the same for number one hit, like it, I can't, and also you don't own the audience that kind of gets you that hit. So it, it's gone through all these different music platforms you don't have their contact details. I know that sounds weird. I don't want to necessarily have my fans' contact details, but I want to be able to reach them again. And the best thing about social media or like emailing lists, like at least you can hit them each time when you've got something new to offer. Um, and if you're if you're just not in charge of your own audience, like going via radio, um, it's just impossible you know it, it it is press it's good to be on the radio it's good to be um in media in general that isn't your audience and expose you to new people but at the same time i think musicians are learning every day that it's just like if you have something even if you have a hundred real fans that's better than ten thousand 
fake Facebook likes, obviously, like a hundred people can really, really help you um, do what do what you do best. And that's what I see through Patreon. If I if I have so many YouTube subscribers, but then I have 300 beautiful people on Patreon who actually support me through thick and thin. Um, that and, and that's way more important to me than ever having a viral hit ever again. It's just like, so I, I just, I, I can't imagine the, the turmoil that those artists must go through. I, I, I really can't. It's just, I think you've got to be a certain type of person. Like, I mean, you know, we have to be quite resilient, like, of course, but it's like, wow, you just got to be, oh God, I don't know. I think you were just, you know, and I think, yeah, it's sort of when you look back, isn't it, on what, like, I feel like I try to do this anyway because I think one of the major things about being able to be, like, sustainable and, and as, as, you know, mentally is just, is, like, tr- just being happy. And it's like, like what we just said, if we, if you can't be happy in the, in this work that you're doing, then you just cannot continue. Um, and, uh, but oh yeah, I've forgotten what I was gonna say now. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's tough. But you know, like you said with the Patreon thing, like I think I I don't know how many I've got now, maybe a hundred and thirty odd or something. But they are all amazing. Like the relationship I have with them is so nice, you know. So um, yeah, it's it's like yeah, little little and often is good. Yeah, I also just don't know what people want nowadays because like they think. I think the whole, uh, hopefully the illusion of making it is also disappearing too, because even when you have something really successful happen to you, you kind of have to keep, you, you want to keep working afterwards. So, you know, you have to have some purpose to your day. And that's why, because I used to think like, oh, if you're a millionaire or a billionaire, why do these people like, why, why do they keep working? Why do they keep I, I I'm I'm really in, I'm really into boxing <laughs> and and they earn so much money obviously in the big leagues those guys earn so much money for their fights I'm like what gives how do they drive themselves to go for the next fight when they've just earned 17 or 100 million dollars on something and it's like oh because because it's not about the money and they obviously that's like definitely a benefit <laughs> of their success but really they're just so into the daily grind of what they do and so you have to be obsessed and you have to be obsessed in the avenue that you want not what someone else wants for you um yeah 100% babes that's a good that's it you do have to be obsessed with it you can't just be like oh I want to try this like an impulse thing or whatever because yeah because it's and also it doesn't it still doesn't come easy like all all the work I you know I love making videos I know you love apps you, you you're obsessed with producing music but like there are still those times where it's just like ah oh, do I have to do this today or how how do I make this how do I make this the quality that I want to deliver and it's just like that sick feeling sometimes that you get where you're just like I'm meant to be good at this and this sounds and looks awful um because it's just it's not fitting your taste you know so how do, how do you over how how do you overcome those sorts of steps as well in your creative process well first things first i 100% get them and yeah and they they can range the producer sulks from kind of like losing my shit and like going downstairs and like 
well, just escaping the studio and hiding under my quilt sometimes if it gets that bad. I'm not joking because like, I think it goes with that um, being obsessed with it. It's such an emotional thing. Like when I hit a block uh, creatively, I just can't, cannot cope. I'm like, I have to fix this. It's like the world's over. Um, but I try to be a little, um, the more I've been producing, I try to be a little less hard on myself. And what I've realized is I need time to warm up. So if it's like not sounding good straight away, I'm like, okay, hang on, don't give up. So I always try to like push, even when I really don't want to. And I'm like, oh, it's rubbish. It sounds rubbish. Just have like another push through, uh, consciously be like, no, don't give up now. Just, just go on, just see if you can. And then usually once you've kind of got over that, you've become so focused on trying to push through it that you've forgotten the bad mood. And then before you know it, five hours later, you have managed to make something good. So as I've got a bit more mature producing, um, I try to just respect. And sometimes if it's not working, I just try to be not hard on myself. Like, oh, you know what? It's not quite working out today. Like, you know, which to be fair is, is rare. Like if I, but I will say I need to set myself up for it. Like I can't, it's not the same, you know, like when I'm editing a little bit of social media content or something, I can like jump into that. Whereas with producing, I don't know, I really, I'm not very good at just jumping in. I need to make sure I've got like, you know, at least five hours of time. So So actually, lately, I have been a bit behind on my production deadlines, purely because I've had loads of little jobs to do. And um, it's because I can't just plonk a little, ooh, make this track sound amazing in one hour, you know? So... um, but yeah, I it, it's tricky. I, I do read a lot of like, you know, all the like, not not positivity books, but books that just help me put things into perspective. Like there's a book I love called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Beep. Um, yeah, but that book is incredible because that just like puts things into perspective for me a lot. I, ha- I haven't read that. Who's, who's it by again? Oh, it's amazing. Um, Mark someone and he he touches on what we were just talking about then actually about uh, how what's it called like we just the best thing we can do in life is find problems that we like to solve which is basically you know me making music and you know making little vids and you making videos things like that you know um so but that book's awesome but yeah so I do Mark Manson that's it I do really um I love those types of books, you know, they just make me a bit more self-aware of like how I'm emotionally reacting to things. And because emotions are huge, you know, they, if you can just be aware of your emotions and be like, oh God, like, whoa, girl, you need to chill out. Then it helps you just to be like, oh, okay. But yeah, I definitely obviously hit hurdles. Um, uh, but yeah, and, but over the years, you know, I just think, oh, you can't give up. I'm a bit like you, babe, in the way that I just need stuff to get done. So as much as I'll sulk about something, I'll be like, well, it needs to be finished. So just get on with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we, I think we definitely bonded over that when we first met and started to get to know each other because you just have to overcome those obstacles. Otherwise you don't get anything finished and you don't improve. Um, but that's interesting. I really, I, I will, I'm going to buy that on, on Amazon. Oh no, it's and, a really um, good book. Highly recommend. I, yeah. I, I'm obsessed with Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert because it's kind of like a similar thing. There's a beautiful quote that I, it's actually inspired a whole video that I haven't, I haven't quite finished yet. It's going to be a bit more of like a, uh, a sort of video essay sort of with 
I don't know, drone footage and stuff like it's just like a silly idea I've got for a video. But she she basically just talks about all the different hurdles you go through about other people's opinions on you and how and how when they're judging you, um, you, you just literally have to turn around to them and say, go make your own effing art or whatever. And because because those people who are criticizing you aren't doing it themselves. And that and that's why they're they're giving you that grief because they're not they're not busy enough. They're not obsessed with something so much that they're actually like spending their time doing it. So they're just taking their insecurities out on someone who's actually doing it. But I, I've had I've had quite a good run of really not not giving any not putting any effort into people that just don't like what I do because I'm just like, well, it's fine. I've got people that do like what I do and also I need to like what I do. So yeah, you're That's really fine. good at that. Actually, I am really good, but I will admit I've been I've been a little bit I've let some things get to me recently that I had to sort of like reevaluate. I was like, wait, 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 what's happened? <laughs> and and I just realized it's like everything. It's like, okay, you're going to it's going to ebb and flow. Sometimes you're going to be really really strong and you're going to be able just to get out of bed every morning, have this drive and just and just go for it and not give any um not let anyone have any uh impact on you because you're just like I'm doing the work I'm putting in the work um but then sometimes it it's still gonna get to you and it's just gonna be like one tiny little thing um and it might even be from your peers so for me it was something from uh, I'm not I'm not gonna go into details but it was from people that I know and that's that's definitely where I struggle most um and and I feel like those guys know it but at the same time it's like okay well I'll just keep on doing what I do you guys keep on doing what you do let's uh you know and it's and it, again it's not through actual conversation it's all through social media stuff and it just feels a bit it's just there's a lot of um faceless uh mind games if that makes sense like sort of like oh this isn't actually directed towards you but it's kind of directed towards you um so all that sort of stuff so yeah my my I think forgiving myself that I'm not always going to be the strongest person in the room when it comes to that because like usually I am and usually I try and motivate other people to be like hey guys we're doing it yeah yeah when we've been crying to you before you're just like come on girls no one's gonna finish that video <laughs> for you <laughs> yeah well I and I I love our little um our whatsapp group but um and we need to we need to get back on that with the with the girls but um yeah yeah definitely <laughs> but yeah no and and I I do take pride in like you know even if I'm having a bad day and someone comes you know it's having a worse day or something I I feel like I can motivate myself and then hopefully motivate someone else just by like being like come on stiff up a lip like oh definitely see I've noticed that right so one of my friends uh who I actually work with as well is going through a really tough time and I found myself quite a lot sort of um kind of you know helping them to get through it and it was weird like the next day I would always be a bit like right da, 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 da. and then I realized wow when you're actually trying when you're helping other people you're actually like subconsciously coaching yourself yeah oh it's totally selfish <laughs> it's totally selfish because you benefit from it too definitely I see I have only noticed it recently I've been like wow I actually realized that when I'm trying to help my mates out I'm like kicking my own butt <laughs> yeah 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 the the whole the whole motivation thing when it comes to um 
inspiring other people it it does it does rub off on you but at the same time you actually have to remind yourself when you're talking to these other people you're like why am I not giving myself these words of encouragement every day why am I not talking to myself like I talk to my good friends and um as as soon as you realize that you're like oh my God, I'm going to be a lot easier on myself. Because as soon as you see someone struggling and they're like, oh, I'm just a piece of, and you know, oh, everything I do is rubbish. You kind of say to them, you're like, are you serious? Because like everything you do to me looks incredible. And like, yeah, you might be going through a thing and you might be worrying about it and how it's going to be perceived and everything. But actually it's just extraordinary. And I have no idea how you come up with that. And as soon as you say that to someone, you have to think like, maybe they're thinking that about you or someone who who lives a thousand miles away from you or however many and different living circumstances or whatever and they're seeing what you create and they're just like oh my god that's so inspirational i've never thought about it that way i've never i've never seen someone do it that way um or i've never i've never seen the the thing that i really i'm really excited about us you know making these youtube videos is like there might be someone that looks like us um but is 10 years younger and lives 5000 miles away around the other side of the world or whatever and they'll just see us doing it and they'll be like I can do that too cool yeah yeah I think there's probably a lot of people Mary watching you thinking the same <laughs> so um but it's uh no that's definitely so true I even the other day right I was getting ready to go out somewhere and I remember I was just having one of those off days you know and I was like I redid my makeup my hair looked awful I hated my outfit and I, I felt like I was like I think I'd been like working all day and I was rushing and I was just like I can't go out and like um but um yeah my boyfriend actually said to me like think about how you talk to your mates when they tell you things like this and I literally was like oh yeah and then I did it and then it like I was like get a grip come on and then yeah and then I was, and then I was like wow that actually really worked so yeah we should probably talk to ourselves a bit nicer but I guess yeah I don't know it's just kind of what human nature isn't it I guess yeah definitely and and again you're gonna have really strong days and and again you're just not and you just have to you just have to kind of put things in place so you recognize it and you recognize what's happening and just so you so you don't fall as hard as you initially did maybe the first time it happened and you might just and and the thing I've learned a lot from um uh, this guy I follow called Gary Vaynerchuk, who who's incredibly famous, and you know he's he's a bit of a uh, a fast talker for some, but I, I've always loved exactly how he gets things across, and he's just got the, you know, he doesn't take anything from any, he doesn't take any excuses from anybody, but what he does teach is is the level, he teaches like a level uh, reaction to things when when things are really good, just keep calm, when things are really bad keep calm you know <laughs> and it's like just stay level so when things are really really great just remember that they might not be so obviously appreciate it but don't don't feel like oh this is it this is this is what it's going to be like for the rest of my life because it's not going to be and you know it's gonna you know it's gonna lull again um and it's the same thing you know obviously before we hit record it's talking about the youtube algorithm and everything and it not being in someone's favor or whatever but it's like yeah it ebbs and flows just like everything and sometimes people are going to watch your videos and sometimes they're not and sometimes they've got time for it sometimes they don't and it's just like keep calm just keep uploading 
and 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 that's the same for for making music it's like just don't you know you'll have one song that you didn't even really spend that much time on do incredibly well so you expect every song to do incredibly well after that but actually you just have to remember you're like no the the one i spend way more time on i'm way more passionate about might not reach as many people and that's okay um and then you just think, well, all the enjoyment I had in the process. That's why they say, well, I tried to think about that as well. Just like always emphasize the enjoyment in the process, isn't it? Because, you know, that only happens once and less about it being the expectation of like when you put it out into the world. Yeah, be alone with the work. Definitely, definitely. And I've had to reteach my, well, I don't think I even retaught myself how to do that. I had to teach myself how to do that and I only taught myself how to do that recently like where I had to sit down and you know talking about you producing and you you needing five hours like if I'm making a making a big video I need a lot of time to be able to make that video and it's the it's the it's the illusion that I give myself that I can get through editing really quickly and it's like no that takes a really long time if not longer than all the filming process so you're gonna you're gonna have to enjoy editing because you're going to be spending a lot of time editing. So just just sit there, work on the first... I always like getting the intro done. And then once the intro's... You know, once you've got that look, like even if I haven't finished filming the rest of the video, if I have the intro and I have the look and I have the feel for the video, then I then it all happens quite easily after that. Not necessarily quickly, but definitely happens easier. And it's just like... You just oh. you know the path, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you've been here before. You've edited a video before. There's a reason, you know, you've you've started doing this. There's a you love making YouTube videos. This is me talking to myself, but it's like, okay, all right. How do how do we go about this? And the the thing I loved about your cassette story was um, my equivalent was because obviously we didn't have any recording gear. And none of my family are, are music um, producers in any or you know not musicians. They're music lovers, but just not musicians. And and um, my dad had a, a camcorder and the only way I could really figure out how to produce music, you know, in the most basic form was to record video um, with the audio, you know, using the microphone on the camera, put that into Windows Movie Maker and then and then layer it that way and just delete the video. And so I actually have these awful I mean, I think most of them have gone too, but I have found a few, like me covering Katie Tunstall or whatever, um, in my in my bedroom with all my posters on my my lilac painted walls. And um, oh god, it's so terrible though. But like the audio is not bad, and I mean it's it's bad in comparison to what you can get out of an iPhone now. But like it was fine, and it wasn't wasn't too hissy, it wasn't too crackly, and um, uh, yeah, just I that's how I would demo new songs. So I'd, I'd film them. So I was like, when I realized that recently, I was like, oh my God, I was making YouTube videos before YouTube was even like a possibility to me. But without ever really finishing the video, I'd just take the audio and then use that as like a record of the song. Have you, uh, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, have you ever thought about um, uh, getting a cassette player and making a video about m how you used to do it? Oh my god, no, I haven't. You have to I make so that video. Should. You have to make that video. It'd be so sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that would be sweet. It's funny you say about making videos though as well, because I always used to make videos too. My dad's had like 
he just he was into gadgets you know he used to have little and I always used to steal them and just make like home movies and I remember I used to edit his holiday videos um like it, it this was when I was like uh had you know discovered mac um and use iMovie so it's like it, that's yeah but this is but then you know when it was like um even like was it like six months ago and it was like oh let's make some more videos it's kind of always been a bit in me you know I do it's, it's just a creative thing isn't it just like putting you're like creating a story basically so you know and if it's not always with music that you're creating a story you can do it with video it's nice to switch it up and as it goes I've been drawing loads um yeah I've been drawing in um in isolation as we say I've got like I've invested in loads of um alcohol pens if you look at my Instagram story it's probably it's, I'm getting a bit obsessed but yeah um I'll have to send you some of my pictures they're terrible but um I sit there for hours and that's probably why I'm not doing any work because I'm drawing <laughs> But that's incredible. I was gonna, I was gonna, I need to check them out right now. I want to see them. Well, I haven't actually put any like up because I'm too embarrassed. I can see, yeah, yeah, I can but see I'll the pens. To... So you can see the pens. Well, alco- yeah. Alcohol pens. I've never heard of those. What are they? Yeah, alcohol pens. So they're basically like, I mean, they're like markers. Okay. Hang on. Shall I hold some up to the camera? I've got some on the wall. There's a, but there's this artist, right? On, okay, my audio will go if I stand up on it. Um, there's, a, there's this artist called Salustration on Instagram. And I found her art and I just love it, basically. Um, and she just makes me uh, want to draw. Um, so yeah, shout out to Salustration. So I basically sit there and copy her pictures from Instagram with my al- alcohol pens. So um, I, but I think I think that's escapism, though, isn't it? Like in the you know you, you're you're so creative, but when your like main initial creative outlet becomes your work, you kind you kind of have to find something else creative. I'm going to show the camera now. So this is one of she posted this picture last night on Instagram. So I just drew it. <laughs> and then, um, and this one, I think, is another one on a uh, thing. But yeah, I've been loving it. And you know, like Cuckoo, he, um, uh, he is an amazing animator as well. So, and it's weird, actually, because before I found the tape player, I used to spend like my whole childhood drawing. So, um, but yeah, again, it's the same, isn't it? It's like creating stories, either with pictures or videos or... Um, Did you ever subscribe yeah. to a, an art magazine? I can't remember what it was called. Um, oh, I do, you do mem- remember the one. Do you remember actually subscribing to magazines and like going to a little newsagent and getting them? Did you ever do that? Um, I did. I don't know if I did. I did with... But I do remember my friends having those magazines, I ha- like Shout and that, innit? Well, so yeah, there, there were those ones, but then there were like um kind of like series of magazines so how to use a computer when computers were just starting um to be you know to be accessible and stuff and then like I definitely had an art a drawing magazine that I subscribed to and it was you know it was one pound fifty a week or something so that was my pocket money would go on this magazine and um I'd then I'd then have binders of magazines and I can't, I, I've just had a flashback, but I, I was subscribed to a, a, an art one and um, I, I did a painting once and I, I was, I was terrible. I was terrible. But my, my best friend, when I, when I was growing up, her, her father was a very successful artist. And so he really like, 
he really um, pushed her to to do art and so every time I'd go over to her house like he'd have paints available and you know like cool stuff and we'd do little paintings together and I've just had a massive flashback I haven't done this in 20 years but wow get the paints out Mary we can have a painting day Yeah, I mean, I I would try it. I would try it. I I would be terrified of how bad it would be. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny, isn't it? I actually really like doing art. Like, there's a the 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 album that I created for the YouTube Audio Library. Um, I called it a uh, Pilly Pala Beach, which uh, Pilly Pilly Pala is butterfly in Welsh, and um, yeah, it's a cute word, isn't it? And you know, I've got my tattoo on my. Uh, left wrist uh, the butterfly which um, is in memory of Keris as well so loads of little things are like kind of related to that but the artwork I'll have to send you a photo it's a it's a photo of me in the studio and um, I sort of put it through some kind of uh, you know like filters and things like that and then I drew I zoomed in on the photo um, and with like the iPhone the iPad pen you know those Apple pens you can get I just drew these like little butterflies all around my studio I'll have to send you. It took me ages, but I loved it. It was fun. Oh, that's. Uh, I think. I think that's a great idea. And I maybe I'm lacking in having something like that, where it's like pure escapism. Yeah. Well, I've definitely have found exercise to be that. Um, oh yeah, you're really good at that. Well, yeah, yeah. O- only in the last year, <laughs> I've been. I've been. I've been chubby and unhealthy for. 28 years of my life and now only finally <laughs> I'm just figuring it all out so um yeah I, de- I definitely I'm trying to get I'm trying to use guitar practice as a bit of a bit of a hobby rather than yeah trying to get back into that much time to practice guitar babe um I have to forgive myself when I don't have time and I just have to remind I, I just have to I just have to let some weeks go where I'm just like okay I'm not going to practice intensively I might play but I won't I won't do what I need to do to become better um so I'm trying to uh, you know this whole isolation thing is definitely bringing up I, I imagine quite a lot of people are experiencing their sort of like inner demons of like what they want to achieve and what they need to make more time for because they're being forced to reckon with that now um because you know I I think there's going to be there's going to be an influx of lots of people suddenly doing things and showing people on social media because that's going to be the only way to communicate it. But then they might almost, there might almost be people who are, who are getting, I don't know, having a block when it, they're like, oh my God, I have all this time, but what do I even do with it? How do I become creative or how do I start a YouTube channel or how do I start my music career or something like that? So I, f- I feel, I feel for them um yeah starting out now I mean like I feel like it will help people who kind of maybe were a bit lost in life to be like oh okay or you know people you know even like a couple of my friends who are just still a bit stuck on what they want to do you know hopefully they'll, they'll get so bored that they'll be like right okay what do I actually like doing it might help to realize those things isn't it yeah it's like so put, put pen to paper all those crazy ideas you have like because you know, I, I've definitely got friends like that. I used to be like that until someone literally sat me down and said, what do you actually want to do? And until until a, a mentor of mine, just he just said, he was like, stop all these crazy business ideas. Like, 
don't you just want to be a musician <laughs> and as soon, as soon as he said that I was like oh yeah no yeah you're right I guess I I guess I should I should probably just focus on that thing um but it's yeah it's about confronting like exactly all those crazy ideas all those things you're kind of good at but you haven't ever fully committed to so you're you're not you're not you know 10,000 hours in yet you have to you have to like go am I going to achieve that this year do I need to write it on a list somewhere that it's not for now maybe it's for my maybe in a year's time maybe in two years five years ten years whatever like for me my whole thing that I keep talking about is learning Spanish and I'm just like I could chip away at that I kind of want to just go all in but I don't have the time to go all in so for the next and you need to go to Spain for a bit yeah exactly otherwise otherwise you'll just end up forgetting it so uh I need I need to give myself that time, but I'm not going to give myself that time for six months to a year. And, and then I'm going to reevaluate and see whether or not I can manage it. But, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, OK, I should probably just be chipping away at the meantime in the meantime. So I probably need to have a have a word with myself. <laughs> have a little word, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we move on to my prepared questions for you? Oh, yeah. Because I'm aware yeah, of time. Sure. Um, OK. Which album or artist have you recommended to your friends and family the most? Oh, the most ever. It can be in the last wow. year or just something you're obsessed with right now that you just keep telling everyone about. Um, I really love Toki Monster. She's like super cool. Uh, she's I think she's like um, Korean uh, born, but LA based music producer. And she's got this album called, I think it's Luna Rouge. And she's like... It's, it's electronic but it's not like you know slamming beats it's just really like texturally texturally is that a word yeah i think so um texturally nice and it's kind of um yeah she's produced it and it's just really rich and there's a remix album as well so i 100 percent go and check that record out i'm i really love that record it's awesome but otherwise i mean i've been yeah i love the jamie xx record record in color um i basically love music that's way cooler than mine and a lot more chilled out <laughs> which is kind of weird but yeah <laughs> I, oh, i'd say the same thing for me uh, every, everything i like is way cooler but that's why i like your music babe ah um, oh, oh. thanks mary <laughs> um if you could have a drink with any musician dead or alive who would it be and what would you ask them probably michael jackson i know that's cliche but um, I literally loved him when I was a teenager. I would like, I was obsessed with the bad record. Um, that was just awesome. And um, what would I ask him? Okay, that is another question. I mean, I would love to uh, go on some of the rides in his, in his, uh, you know, in his house. That would be cool. Is this, is this not uh, going down a dangerous avenue? Maybe. <laughs> um, what would I ask him? Maybe I'd ask him how to do the moonwalk <laughs> okay yeah no that that that's good that's good that's good there we go yeah yeah <laughs> so I don't know I feel like I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't go there you know just remember there's this whole thing isn't there of like whether to just be you know you like them for the music just think about it like that yeah I else. I know I know I'm otherwise like but god yeah, yeah a lot of a lot of um the music um what's the word like repertoire would just be would be gone um it's crazy it's crazy hopefully hopefully it's just it's we're not gonna have to have those kind of uh realizations in future 
I'm, I'm just hope, hopefully I'm, you'll be none of us haha <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I'm keeping I'm gonna keep so, all this obviously. in as well I'm not editing any of this out this is too funny and it's <laughs> hopefully hopefully people will resonate with it too um oh, or it's god. like the oh can you like an artist when obviously you know anyway okay uh mo- yeah, moving swiftly geez. on moving swiftly on um tell me about your favorite piece of Either, either tech in general, so it doesn't actually have to be musical, or piece of music gear and the story behind it. Oh, come on. That one's probably obvious, is it? Go on. <laughs> so, of course, I would have to pick Ableton Live um, just because I feel like this program um, has helped me to express myself in, in musically in a way that no other program ever has. Um and besides that, um, yeah, I've spent most, if Ableton was a person, is the person that I've definitely um, spent the most time with ever in my whole life. And um, also because they're amazing. They're an amazing company. They're really supportive of me um, and I have an amazing relationship with them. And um, yeah, people, music producers and people starting out in the industry say, hey, what do I need to get going? And I just say, just get yourself a copy of Ableton and uh, you'll be away. And uh, that is the truth. You know, you need a computer, Ableton. You don't even need headphones. It'd be good if you had them. But yeah. It's because of Ableton that we met. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like all the good stuff in my life is related to that. And um, yeah, I just feel... I don't know. Uh, like my friend Billy just had a, a Ableton tattoo. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was like, "Hey, Rage, check it out." And I was like, "Whoa!" I don't know if I would do that, but um, I do have definitely feel like uh, very strong about it. And um, yeah, and yeah, I so I would hundred percent say that. I've got obviously loads of synths, but you know, my synths are amazing. I love them all. Um, but, you know, you can only go so far with the synth. You need to then put it down. I know there's loads of other music producers who totally don't, like, vibe on the door thing. Um, but, um, yeah, it just makes everything easier. Just I just... And I perform live with it, Mary, you know. I, it's not even just for producing. I build live my live shows with it. I've even worked a bit building live shows for others with it. I've built my whole Patreon up over it, just helping other people use it um yeah I'm just kind of grateful and uh yeah and I'm happy as well I still have like a positive relationship with 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 using it which has been over 10 years now you know so yeah no that's incredible (laughs) and I've I've started having a go at it because of you um and and it is exciting and it's it's I I don't know for me it's kind of like going back to the whole limitations thing for me if I'm if I'm um my knowledge is not you know, I, I don't know where certain things are. So just having to work with what I know is just quite exciting and just and figuring that all out. So I'm just... Well, we should do um, we should do a sesh, babe, and I'll show you. Most so, definitely. Uh, do, Most definitely. Yeah, because it's quite overwhelming at the beginning because uh, it's kind of different, not the same layout. But um, I think it's really important to, if you like when you first have a go, if you get really stuck maybe go and find some vids that really inspire you because I know that people who come from other DAWs find them can find it a bit intimidating but if you can be like oh no it's it's cool because once you get into it it's not difficult you know (laughs) sorry true true passionate person about that (laughs) if you could give your younger self a word of musical advice what would it be 
Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Okay, a bit of musical advice. Hmm. I would have liked to have, like, dived in a little bit more with some of the jazzy stuff, like the modes and stuff like this. Now I'm just like, nah, nah, because I never want to put that into my music, but I wish that as like, um, I would have kind of learned a bit more about that when I was studying in college. Um, but hang on, give my younger self some musical advice. Oh gosh, I don't know, you know, babes. There's a few things I wish I would have learned. Um, which I'm not going to learn now because I'm too caught up in everything else I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I guess I would just say just be fearless and dive in and kind of never fear a piece of gear. Never Maybe fear that. a piece of gear. Yeah, that's that's good advice. That's something I, I need to take. <laughs> and never fear a piece of gear. You can always make it work somehow. <laughs> yeah, and actually, if you uh, the best thing about it is that if you don't have the the expertise on something, you don't have, you know... If you don't have the traditional form of education on something, it might free you up to discover something even better. Like that's definitely how I have applied my learning to the guitar because I w was self-taught on it, but I was learning different kinds of music. But, you know, so never fear a piece of gear. That's beautiful. And also, <laughs> oh, thanks, babes. And guitar, I that is something I have had so many periods in my life. I pick it up, right? And I like go for it for a bit. Six months. By the end of six months, I can get pretty good. And then, boom, forget it all. And then I'm back to square one 18 months later. The other day, I mean, I deleted it actually from my Instagram because it was a bit embarrassing. I think I might have even tagged you in it. I was playing um, Nirvana. Dun, 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 dun. But terrible, like absolutely terrible. Like my fingers were killing me. Like I think I play the chord like... I think I've been playing it for like 15 minutes, the guitar, and my fingers were on fire. I was just like, how the hell do you lot do it? But I mean, it still hurts. Yeah. Sometimes it still hurts. I was practicing with a new instrument the other day, and I, I don't know what, I don't know why, because the, the strings were brand new, so it was fine. But like, I, I was having to play throughout the day to get some filming done, and my fingers were just blistered at the end of it. And I was like, ha haven't I done enough? <laughs> To, oh, to, God. to warrant not having this pain and they were still they were still raw the next day but then but then they harden up it's great <laughs> wow you're like oh come on it's probably a bit of a kick up the butt you're like oh no I think I need to practice more <laughs> yeah I actually do you know what that's what I'm gonna do after after this interview I'm, I'm gonna go and do my my hour of guitar practice that I'm trying to do I was meant to do it every day this week and I've already failed so but never never fear a piece of gear that's that's great that's cool. Never fear a piece of gear. And also I would say to my younger self, learn the guitar <laughs> and don't give up ever. Well, there's still, so. there's still time, Rachel. You could take my beginner guitar course if you want. Oh my God. <laughs> I so should. I so should. Oh my God. I think I will. Do so you know what? I, I, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Um, but let's, oh my God. I think I will. Let's, I think I'm going to do it. All right. Well, um, <laughs> let's, let's wrap up this interview. Thank you so, so much. Um, oh no thanks babe just, I feel like we had a night out on this interview. I know I know we, we should loads of chats. we should have had a few gin and tonics or whatever um but when when we're all out of this uh craziness um you and I will definitely we'll collaborate we'll do a video we'll I'll you'll teach me something on Ableton um and yeah we'll just get creating Oh, thank you so much, Mary. As soon as we are out of this lockdown, Rachel and I will most definitely be collaborating more. Check out her music and videos, and I just hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. 
Now for information on the sponsor of this entire series. More than 250,000 artists rely on DistroKid to distribute their music, including myself. If you're wanting to have your music available on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music and Tidal, amongst many more stores, then you should sign up using the link in the description. An account starts at just $19.99 for unlimited songs and albums in 12 months. And with the link in the description, you'll get 7% off your first year. If you are writing and producing music right now, then I cannot recommend DistroKid enough. It's so easy to use. So massive thank you to them for making this series possible and check out the link in the description for that 7% discount. But otherwise, I'll see you next week. 